If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today's guest is Tanya Hay. Tanya's a show horse and dressage competitor, trainer and coach, and believes that every person's entitled to quality coaching, regardless of the horse that they're on or their current ability. How are you today, Tanya? I'm well, thank you, Glenis, and how are you, sir? (laughs) Wonderful. Okay, we normally start off with a favourite quote. I'm sure you've got a good one for us. Um, Yeah, I have. You need to put your ego away. Horses are great levellers, and I think that's fairly self-explanatory. You can't have a big ego when you're trying to work with horses. Yeah, yeah. I think if we um, listen to a couple of the earlier podcasts, you know, we've had someone winning a Grand Prix show jumping competition and then falling off the next day at a practice jump with a young horse or someone riding and they were shortlisted for the Olympics and then all of a sudden they're back down riding their daughter's pony. That's right. They are very good levellers, very good levellers. Yeah, yeah. Tanya, have you used that for any of your students or have you used that saying yourself? Tell us how, how that's come about. I've used it for a lot of my students. I've obviously teach a lot of people I teach people that are right at the top of their game in their field in show horse or dressage and they will start with a new horse and of course that new horse or the young horse doesn't go as expected because it lacks the education, it lacks the training and it just lacks the whole environment experience. Obviously riders get frustrated with this and they think that the horse should behave as expected or be educated as expected straight away. Mm. It doesn't work that way, it's never going to work that way. So those riders need to put their ego away from their established horse and bring themselves back down a little bit, break it down for the horse, keep it simple, and don't put the pressure on tension with horses because you just blow it straight out the door. Yep, yep. Tanya, tell us about your first memories with horses. One of my grandfathers was a racehorse trainer and Mm -hmm. my other grandfather was a farrier. So horses have always been... In my life, in my background as a child, I used to ride a draft horse when I was three because one of my grandparents had a draft horse. So it was nothing for me as a three-year-old to be toddling along on this massive great draft horse. Mum's got photos of that. And it just literally went on from there, you know, into the mum and dad buy, the first ponies, the pony club, everything flows on from there. Do you remember an early memory, something that happened, just an incident that may have happened? I do. I was show jumping as a maybe 10, 11-year-old child, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And in those days, we were gung-ho. We did everything. And I came flat maggot into a double. The horse refused the second element. I went straight out the front door, grabbed the headpiece of my bridle as I went, (laughs) and the bridle with me. So the horse was peering at me over the jump, no bridle, and away that horse went with me sitting in the dirt. That levelled me that day, I can tell you now. (laughs) That would have been, uh, yeah, and a bit of a headache for all the other people that were trying to ride around if there were other people riding yeah. around the competition. Yeah, There was. It was a complete headache, and I had a very old, established coach come up 
gave me a fairly good dressing down because obviously this was a number of years ago when a dressing down from an established coach really struck home and told me in future maybe I'd like to tie a shoelace to my first plait and my bra would never come off again. Yes, yes, and that's a bit of an older venting trick as well. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Now, to go on and then become a coach, what was there like a career pathway? Did you always want to be a coach? What happened there? I think I always wanted to teach. I also believe that when we die, as we all do, we take a lot of knowledge with us. That knowledge really probably isn't any good to us when we go. I like to impart knowledge. I love teaching. And I'd like to think that I can make a difference to the writers I do teach by giving them some of my experiences, coaching them to a high level, and just imparting all the knowledge that I've amassed over so many years of being involved with horses. No good to me when I go, so let other people have that knowledge. Mm, mm. So have you thought about writing a book as well? Oh, Lord, if I wrote a book, I wouldn't know whether it would be a comedy or uh, (laughs) a parody of my life, quite frankly. But to tell you the truth, I actually have thought of writing a book. There's been so many funny incidents, so many tragic incidents. There's a lot of career things that have occurred with horses. Mm. And, yeah, it may be interesting reading, perhaps. Maybe I'll do it one day. Yeah, yeah, it's just, just sort of a bit of a thought. You know, a lot of people do. They write that book because they want to have the knowledge, but um, I think you've got to have some writing talent as well as have the knowledge as well. You know, maybe that's a time when a partnership comes in, you know, someone to write it and that's right. and someone to uh, give the knowledge. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, now if someone would like to start as a coach to become a horse riding instructor, what sort of advice would you give them? What sort of core skills or character traits, or if you were going to employ someone to work for you within the horse industry, what sort of core skills or character traits would they need to have for you to employ them to be worth employing? Genuinely, I like a nice person. They have to be nice. They have to have empathy, and they've got to have empathy with people as well as horses. Mental toughness, I do like mental toughness in a person. I also like resilience. And I like adaptability. You have to be able to adapt with 30 seconds notice when you're working with horses or even as a coach. You may have a lesson plan. Something goes wrong within the lesson. The horse doesn't react as expected or an external influence causes some sort of reaction. You've got to have adaptability. You can't just say, I'm sticking to the lesson plan. It may go completely out the window and you have to look after safety first and go from there. So they're the sort of things I would look for in a person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, what do you think is the best thing about working in the horse industry? The change. There's always a change. Horses are never the same two days running. It doesn't matter if it's a horse that you've had for 10 years or 10 minutes. There's always a change. The outside work, I love being outside and I love just the challenge of each day step by step. Mm -hmm. You might take 10 steps back with a young horse and then all of a sudden things fall into place. So that's why I really enjoy it and my coaching I really enjoy. I love seeing the people improve. It's not about the winning for me with my clients. It's about the personal achievement. It's about the road and it's about the goals that they can achieve, whether it just be that good old candor transition or, you know, the fat sash draped around your pony's neck at a royal show. That's what it's all about for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, that personal journey. I think if you focus on the personal journey, you'll end up being a winner. But if you focus on winning, it's not much of a journey. It really isn't. You're quite right there. I mean, everybody, especially these days with the advent of social media, everyone gets hung up about winning. Winning is actually the achieving. 
It's mm-hmm. you know, learning to rise to the trot, learning to leg yield, you know, riding that perfect 20-metre circle. That's the winning. It's not so much about the ribbons. And I think a lot of competitors do get hung up about, uh, you know, to achieve or to be successful, you need to win. That is really the furthest thing from the truth. Yes, so long as you keep improving on your previous performance, you know, and that could be the previous day, you know, if I've done this and, and now I'm going to make it better. Yep, yeah, it's, it's got to always be that personal best. Yep, yep. Tanya, what about people who've influenced you? You've told us about the coach who's dressed you down and told you, <laughs> told you um, how to oh. stop the bridle coming off, but who else has helped you and influenced you along the way? Look, there's been many, Glenys, really, but three people spring to mind. Um, Brian Chessers from a very, obviously, again, many years ago. Brian was very good to me as a coach, taught me a lot and really set me on the path probably that I'm on today just by the manner of his teaching, the way he dealt with issues. Um, of course, the late Vince Corvi, again, taught me so much. Probably taught me my best trait now, which is patience, and that's obviously continued from him. And my coach today, Sue McDermott, she really is one out of the box. Not only is she a coach, she's a mentor, she's become a personal friend, nothing's ever an issue. And again, she has taught me so much, not only about riding or skill set, she's actually taught me a lot about myself as a person. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's actually very important. Good, good. What about horses? You had a horse who's influenced you or, you know, just made you either do really well or change path? Anyone that you can um, talk about? Well, yeah. I always used to have a saying that was you get one good horse in your life. I've had many. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been absolutely blessed to have many horses that are very, very good in my life and mostly horses that I've started myself. My most successful horse would have been Consequence, the hack that I had that I ended up winning runner-up national show horse hack twice, uh, won Barristock with her five times and... She influenced me a lot. She was a difficult mare. She was a thoroughbred. She was the sort of horse that you sat on and you just thought softly, softly. If she wanted to have her moment or she needed to voice her opinion being a mare, you just had to drop the reins, let her voice her opinion, and off you'd go. Mm -hmm. But she really, yep, she influenced me. She was probably one of my most successful horses. And another one that influenced me was a Galloway that we bred that was dead set, difficult, really difficult, right from the moment he was born. Again, he taught me patience, really taught me patience. And Vince Corvi was the one that helped me get the breakthrough with that horse, and he did set me up for every single horse thereafter. So that saying that I've got that each horse sets you up for the next, they really do. Yeah, They really set yep. you up for the next horse you've got. So you had the mare first, did you? Or the girl no, Galloway? Um, the Galloway. The Galloway was first. The Galloway was back in the early what, 90s. What was his name? Alinda Park Make Sure. Okay. His pet name was Dirty, which <laughs> may cause some of your listeners a little bit of mirth, but the story of him is not that he was dirty under saddle as we would know it today, but that was just the name he got. He was difficult right till he was about six, and it was one day the light went on, and I thought, I've got him. I've simply got him. But okay. he taught me patience really mm-hmm. And one step at a time, we eventually got that breakthrough and that horse went on to the reserve champion at Melbourne Royal, champion at Canberra, I think, reserve at Sydney. Like He did do extremely well, but he was one of those horses that tested every fibre of my being. He yep. really did. Yep. 
And then with the mayor, do you find that she was inconsistent or fairly consistent? You know, was there was there problems with the coming in season? How did that work as far as you're competing her? She never, you never knew when she was in season. That was okay. never an uh, issue with her. Mm-hmm. She was liver chestnut. She was mainly consistent. She knew when it was a, a pretty big occasion. Yep. But she was also opinionated, very mm-hmm. opinionated. Mm-hmm. So she didn't buck, didn't rear, didn't bolt, didn't do anything like that, but she would just jump up and down on the spot. Okay. And that was her little her little say. If you knew it was coming, and believe me, I knew when it was coming, you couldn't argue the toss, you couldn't demand, you just had to sit there, drop the reins, and literally think when you're ready. And when mm. she was ready, she would just trot off like nothing had happened and put in the most flawless work. She had an opinion, and it would surface every now and again in a fairly major way, and everyone would think, eh, she's going to come off at this time. <laughs> but no, she never unloaded me. I never felt threatened. She was just that horse that said, oh, I just might make you work for this one. Yep. And she did. She made yep. me work for it. And probably good that you had the other horses first then, you know, before you had her Absolutely. that you were able to ride yep. her with, um, yep. you know, and ride her very subtly. It was tact. You had yeah. to sit on her with tact. Yep. You know, yep. she was just, she was totally my horse. Yes. You know how you get those horses that just connect? She was connected to me and that was it. But if it hadn't have been for the horses before her, I probably would have struggled to get the most out of her. Like Mm. the horses before her set me up to have her in my life and be very, very successful with her. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now what do you think your proudest moment's been, Tanya? Was it with consequence? It probably was with consequence, Glennis, yeah. Winning the Ruby anniversary at Barristock was very, very special to me. Obviously, it was the 40th anniversary. I'm from Tasmania. I took, and, you know, I don't say that I'm a known person as such, so we toddled off and we were very successful. And it was the year that Victoria had the bushfires, so it was a very heightened event due to the anxiety from people with the fires and sure again you know people had lost their lives and things like that so it was one of those events that really you felt very humbled and very proud to actually even be at just due to the circumstances in Victoria at the time and obviously she was sashed the winner and I think well 40 years of Barristock and this mayor from Tasmania has just come out and done it for me mm. so that's probably the proudest one I reckon yep yep Tell me about your biggest challenge. Maybe it's not with a horse. Maybe it's, you know, just something else. But thinking about where you are now, you know, because people who are successful don't always have it easy all the way. So what's been your biggest challenge that could have held you back, but you just kept going and kept persisting to get where you are now? Look, two things spring to mind. Patience. Mm -hmm. My biggest challenge was learning to be patient and going on with that patience, so I had to really learn at that. Yep. I don't consider myself to be a talented rider at all. I have to work at it, mm-hmm. and I really do work at it. So my biggest challenge is recognising the fact that I'm not the best, and, you know, the chances are I'll never be the best. I'm not talented, but I work hard at it, which then gives me the success. Yep, yep. Now, is that advice you'd give to someone else, that if they're not a, a talented rider, but they are... I suppose, very goal-orientated and, and would like to do well, you just tell them to keep going with it and, and keep working on it. Yep. yep, keep going, never, ever give up. You know, I mean, some riders and 
you would know where I'm coming from here. Some riders, they can sit on a horse. They look absolutely beautiful. Everything is going right. You know, the horse is performing as it should. And you think, wow, what a rider. I'm not that sort of person. Yes, I can ride. And yes, I'm neat on a horse and everything is good. But I know I'm not naturally talented. So I've had to work at it all my life. Mm-hmm. And work at it, I have, and that's yes. you know what what has put me here today. Yeah. Now thinking about riders that you see at shows, and you know riders that go out, compete, perform. What's something that you've seen in riders where the horses haven't particularly gone well, but if they improved this, then their horses would go a lot better. I think people tend to not do gymnastic exercises with their horses, mm-hmm. especially show horse people. They think, well, all we've got to do is trot out in a straight line, trot a circle to the left, circle to the right, blah, blah. They're not doing gymnastic exercises. In order for horses to work properly, they have to be supple, suppleness, straightness, everything like that. There's no shortcut. It doesn't matter whether you're doing dressage, show horse, venting, show jumping. The basic principles have to be there. People need to learn but gymnastic exercises, you must make your horse supple. They must practice and they just can't put, and I think I've said it earlier today, you don't put pressure on tension. If you've got a tense horse, the worst thing you can do is put pressure on that tense horse. You've got to get the relaxation. So people, riders especially, need to learn to get the horse to relax. The horse is a giving creature and it will give you more if you work with the horse as one and not work against the horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good, and I think that's a good lesson, something for people to think about. Tanya, have you got a book that you'd recommend our listeners? Yeah, I've got two. I Mm -hmm. love 101 Dressage Exercises. Yes. It's, again, yes, it's a dressage book, but show horse people can get so much out of it, and even eventing people for their dressage tests. You know, 101 Dressage Exercises is just the best book. You know, it's able to break the exercises down and, of course, when you're getting a young horse going, you need to break exercises down, you know, just go for one step and get that and, and move on, and gradually it becomes better and better. So that is like a little mini Bible to me. Mm-hmm. And another book that I really recommend, if anyone wants a really good read, they need to go and get the John Fay story. Okay. And obviously John Fay is one of our best show jumpers who is obviously an, an older man now. That book is really good. Like it tells John's story from the time he was a child and everything he faced in his life and still came out as one of our best show jumpers. It's a really good book. Yep. Yep. I haven't read the book, but it's on my uh, list of things, list of books uh, to read. I think I'll have to, have yep. to get that one. You yeah. certainly, yep, you certainly need to. Yeah. You, you will really enjoy it. It is a great read. All right. Now, Tanya, what are you looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to being healthy enough to keep going, and I'm healthy now, so obviously I'm going to keep going. I'm looking forward, I've got a pony at the moment that's, well, she's a big pony, she's 14 hands. I'm doing a lot of pony dressage with her, and I'm really looking forward to getting her up the grades. We're at elementary at the moment. Next step is medium. I'm just looking forward to that journey. Mm. And yes, we will make mistakes along the way, but then when the next horse comes along, the mistakes I've made with this one, obviously she sets me up for the next one I start off. So... I'm really looking forward to that. With my coaching, I'm looking forward to developing some of the clients that I've got. And some of the clients that I do have now, they struggle with personal issues. So their riding is their outlet. And I really love working with those people because it brings a smile to their face. They feel happy. 
And yes. if they feel happy, they're winning their own personal battle that they've got going on. So, yeah, that's, I'm a fairly simple person, but that's what I'm looking forward to. Okay, good, good. Now, can you summarise your philosophy with horses just into a couple of sentences would be great. Yeah, make the most of every opportunity you're given. Mm-hmm. You have to work hard, train harder, and sometimes you need to make do with what you've got. You don't need all the fancy gear, you know, you don't need the patent boots. That's not what makes a rider, you know, so forget about needing the best of everything. The best of everything is actually the person you are and you make the most of every opportunity you're ever given. I think that's some pretty good advice there. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, thank Very you. good. Yeah. Now, Tanya, how can people contact you? I do have a Facebook page, but mm-hmm. it's just under my own name, so they, they're welcome to private message me through Facebook um, or they can email me on my email address if they wish to do that. So, okay. yep. All right, and those details will be on your page as well, just yep, under, yeah, I was going to say horsechats.com slash Tanya Hay, or else go to horsechats.com and search for Tanya or search for Hay, but Tanya, you were going to say something else. No, I wasn't actually, I was <laughs> okay. agreeing with you. <laughs> All right, thanks Tanya for your time today. Thank you so much, Gans, it's been a pleasure. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.